Hello, my name is Nathan Foster, and welcome once again to the Renovare Weekly Podcast. I know many of you have enjoyed the podcast I've done with Jan Johnson. She has a new book come out. I thought it'd be fun to have her back. For those of you who don't know Jan, she's an author, speaker, spiritual director. She teaches in the Renovare Institute, and she's my friend. You know something I really like about Jan? She was a really faithful student of Dallas Willard, helping him with his Fuller class for years. To me, she really embodies his work in her own crazy and quirky way. Jan's book is titled, When the Soul Listens, Finding Rest and Direction in Contemplative Prayer. Enjoy. Okay, you ready? Yes. Hi, Jan. Hello, Nathan. It's always good to be with you. We get to do this again. Yes. <laughs> well, we have a special occasion because you have a new book that just came out. Yes? Yes. New and expanded version of my book, When the Soul Listens. And the subtitle is Finding Rest and Direction in Contemplative Prayer. And as I was telling you before, I, all, I sort of wanted rest, direction, and adventure in contemplative <laughs> prayer. But, you know, it got kind of long. Okay. Well, it's in there. I mean, you got the adventure. It's all in there. Yes. Tell, tell us a little um, about the book and what you've learned with it in, you know, 16 years later, coming back and doing a new version. Well, I think I've learned a lot, especially about the idea of prayer being relational and not mechanical. Mm-hmm. Staying as far away from checkboxes as possible. Because even with contemplative prayer, people kind of turn it into checkboxes. So that idea of making it very relational, see what God puts in your your mind today to talk about, and then to be able to listen to God and to just be with God. In fact, I, you could say hanging out with God. Some people, you know, find that <laughs> um, really objectionable, but... But to be able to make this a part of our interactive life with God so that um, we're, we're in prayer not to tell God what to do or to give all of our great suggestions, but we're there to get the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. Go in and we ask questions, oh God, what is it I need to know today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be open. And so the book is also a lot about hearing God and how you will know you're hearing God. I expanded a lot on um, the committee that lives in your head, figuring out those committee members. In fact, I have a whole exercise to help um, readers do that, naming those crazy people in your head, you know, the the one that's going to help everyone all the time. (laughs) One I call the attitude police, who's always, oh calling everyone out in my head and also calling myself out all the time, mm-hmm. clearing out all those, those familiar suspects in our head and then being open to God and being willing to be surprised by what God would say. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's good. Now we've got to work with words a little bit because the term contemplative prayer means a lot of different things to different people. And, and you're in this, you're going beyond kind of, some of the work contemplative prayer outreach has done where you what sit for like 30 minutes in silence. Is that, did I get that right? Yeah. Well, centering prayer 
is what what you've described is closer to centering prayer because it really centering prayer is really a discipline of silence. Mm-hmm. It's not really a discipline of prayer, and it's being able to be with God in silence. And it's um, it's a practice that can be difficult for some. I don't actually find it very easy or helpful. Mm-hmm. But contemplative prayer is more of being in prayer, but being having a listening heart in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So you're asking God questions and then mm-hmm. being open to what might come to you mm-hmm. and also letting it be a part of your interactive life with God all day long so that when you're waiting for a doctor's appointment or mm-hmm. you're waiting for whatever, you're able to just sit and be calm and be with God and hang out with God but you're not doing that severe silence discipline that centering prayer mm-hmm. really requires. And centering prayer helps many people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have several directees that, that really love it. But contemplative prayer is a lot looser. It's a lot more conversational. Mm-hmm. Your subtitle maybe says it best, Breast Direction. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to use Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It kind of encompasses all those. But you could say listening prayer. For yeah, prayer. although I I have done that with one of my college classes I teach, mm-hmm. and I love not to do that because then when I would send send them off to their contemplative prayer experiment, they were almost playing God on demand. Okay, I'm here now. You have to talk, <laughs> and then they'd write the reflection paper and say I failed because God didn't hear God. And I'm going, oh gee, no, 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 no. <laughs> Maybe God didn't have anything to say to you right now. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. This is more, I think of this more as sitting on the park bench with Jesus side by side. Yes. Sometimes we talk. Sometimes we don't. <laughs> sometimes we just smile at each other and yes. laugh at the birds, huh? <laughs> yes. What does it look like for you? I mean, throughout your week, where would be spaces where you uh, practice contemplative prayer? Well, in an intentional way, it is the fourth phase of Lexio Divina. Okay. Where you um, have read the passage, meditated, you've responded to God, and I usually write my prayer, but then you simply sit. And it's sort of, I think of it as the digestive process where the truth is kind of going all the way down to your, to mm. your heart, down to your gut, and just to sit. To give it time to simmer inside, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to maybe go over it, but also then to see, is there anything more I need to know? Mm -hmm. Is there, what else needs to happen here? Or God, help me to really, I think of it almost as soaking. Mm -hmm. Help me to get this. Mm -hmm. So that would be intentional, but I would say it happens a lot where, um, I will be well. a good discipline for solitude and silence. If you're just starting out, of course, is when you get in the car, don't turn anything on for 10 minutes if you're by Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that is sort of a discipline of silence for me, but even more, it's contemplative prayer because I will say, I will usually say, okay, so I just met with this directee. Mm -hmm. And is there anything I need to know? Is there something I'm missing? Mm-hmm. 
is there a direction I need to go that I haven't quite thought of yet? And so I just may kind of sit in that for a while while I'm driving. And then I may even throw in a request. Mm-hmm. But I'm asking God what for input. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to meet someone for lunch, I'll usually ask God, what do I need to know about this meeting? Now, sometimes I get some distinct ideas. Mm-hmm. Other times I don't get any distinct ideas. But, you know, I go, I, I arrive at that, that lunch different mm-hmm. because I have an open heart mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about God. I'm thinking about this person, and I'm not just thinking about, oh, let them tell, I have to tell them how wonderful I am. And, you know, <laughs> great thing that happened. Um, right. It changes the posture. I mean, you almost are able yes. to take that prayer posture into the meeting, right? Where you're yes. listening to them and listening to God, and dance is the word I think of for Ooh. contemplative prayer. Actually, I'm so glad you said that because one of the ways contemplative prayer is described is when God is the lead dance partner. Ah, <laughs> we're just kind of following along, huh? Yeah, uh huh. And because most of the time in our prayers, we're calling the shots. We got a list, mm-hmm. stuff we want God to do, to fix. Mm-hmm. But in this case, God gets to bring up whatever God wants to bring up. Mm-hmm. I find this type of prayer to be so much more engaging and life-giving than my list of demands or things that make me happy or cause me pain that I need to end. Um, Something feels very static sometimes about those prayers, but that listening and following, um, it's really quite fun. And most of the time what you will hear from God, because I do a whole section where I talk about the kinds of things you're likely to hear from God, because what I did is I made, I went from Genesis to Revelation and noted everything that was said by God, by Jesus Mm -hmm. or by the Holy Spirit. And I kind of put them in categories and said, these are the kinds of things you're likely to hear. One of the big categories is you're likely to hear that you're loved. Mm. (laughs) And that may not seem like big news. But some days that is exactly what you need to hear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. When we talk about hearing God, for many people that creates some sort of anxiety about, you know, what exactly does that mean? How How do I hear? And I'm not very good at that. I mean, what do you say to people who are just, you know, beginning to learn about the idea that prayer can be a conversation? Well, that's a lot of what the book is about, is about how to set yourself up to be able to hear God, and that's why I deal a lot with the committee, to be able to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first step, because we kind of make up stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and especially if you, if you know the Bible well, <laughs> you've listened to a lot of sermons, you have a lot of material to draw from. And, um, and that's all helpful because you want to know the kinds of things God is likely to say. But then you also want to be, you want to be open. But I think usually if you're surprised, mm. that's a good idea. And, you know, if, if you think you're hearing something from God and you think, well, that's weird. You know what? You just call a wise old, you know, friend mm-hmm. and say, this is what came to me. What do you think? Mm-hmm. So you can do that. You, I think people get tight about it because I think, first of all, their committee 
just sabotages them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think also they're they're sure, and this is part of the committee. They're sure that God's going to you know tell them to go to some wild place and they're going to get both arms chopped off and all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, really, God is out to make you suffer. Mm-hmm. So they have all that going. But the whole idea that God knows you better than you know you mm-hmm. and will say what you need to hear and stop trying to tell God what that might be mm-hmm. and just be open. And then be open to, I think, especially in the beginning, you're open to the odd things that people say to you, too. Okay. You know, sometimes I remember my son's, my son had this friend, you know, he had this British accent. I think that was part of it. But he used to just say these things sometimes that were so off the wall, and he would walk away, and I would go, I really do think that was you. <laughs> and I, think, I think God just used him a mm. lot. Because I, you know, because he would just say these, he was such a sweet kid. Mm-hmm. You would just say these things, and or you know, you're sitting and reading a book, and all of a sudden, a whole sentence lights up. Yeah, yeah. Go okay. That's sort of a Lexio Divina kind of thing. And I think, I think another thing to help people who are sort of leery of it is that it works best in the context of of being of Bible reading mm-hmm. and meditation, and then you responding to God. That's where you will hear God more than anywhere else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, It'll be that context. I, I often notice patterns or just kind of noticing someone will say something and I'll read something and then I'm praying and something comes and it, it seems to be kind of a familiar pattern of, of something and I just kind of try and note, pay attention. But I'm really leery. I mean, there's very few times where I'll say kind of definitively, this is what God has spoken to me, yet I'm very, very open and kind of, you know, trying to listen. I don't know. Does that does that make any sense? Well, on the one hand, it's really healthy to hear you say that. Because one of the reasons we're kind of scared about hearing God is because we know someone right. who has God told me, and then they say the most ridiculous thing. Yeah. And it's the end of the, it's the end. There's no discussion point. You, you, right. you pulled out the card. That being overly sure about all of these things, I think, is a, is rather poisonous. I know in hearing God, Dallas Willard would talk about impressions. Mm-hmm. That was a good way to yep. put it because you it's an idea that impresses you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it'll just be uh, if if you're if you're quiet within. And you're listening carefully, it will just be the most well-worded sentence. And you're just like, yes. Mm-hmm. I was praying about my listening skills, and I had decided that, and I was kind of reading about it, and I had decided that I wasn't really listening to my husband. You know how it is when you, you live with someone, you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and I... And I remember this whole sentence just rolled out, and it was probably a combination of what I've been reading, but it was like, I really felt like the Spirit put it together for me, and it said, the most important thing I have to do in this moment is listen to you. Mm -hmm. It came to me, and I wrote it down in my journal, and I actually, I I saw it this morning, and I was looking at it, I was going, yes, Mm -hmm. that that is who I want to be. And that's who, especially for my husband. 
that I'm looking at him and thinking the most important thing I have to do right now is to listen to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that because you, I mean, I mean, part of this for me is time and, you know, these impressions that we work with and through the years beginning to kind of catch the tone and texture of God's voice. But the fruit of it is always helpful when we've caught it. You know what I mean? Yes. It ends well in terms of our own growth or our love of others, our love of God. Um, always has a helpful fruit to it, even if it's a painful um, process or word. Yeah, and, and when you say that, it, that makes me think about times when, um, a lot of times when I'm hiking and, I, and I'm not listening to any music or anything, stuff will come to me. I'm sort of in a place of contemplative prayer. And sometimes what will come to me is it will be a replay of something I said to someone. And this was especially true when I was the first years, the early years of volunteering at a drop-in center for the homeless. I would rehear hmm. how I spoke to a client. And I was, ugh. <laughs> or someone would say something to me and they had that like, condescending and i would go that's how i sound Mm -hmm. i mean it would just it would just come to me but i don't find that god beats us over the head Mm -mm. Mm -mm. if it's really god and not a committee member that crazy person that lives in your head that tells you everything you do wrong (laughs) if it's really god it will come with enough gentleness that you can you can confess your sin and and ask god for what's my next step yeah yeah yeah, it's it's in a the correction comes in a spirit of love and commitment to you as in your own growth of let's clean that up, make some amends, and move forward. Huh? Yes, and and in the moment you're not willing to make those amends, but <laughs> time passes, <laughs> the spirit works with you, and then you find yourself okay. And I'm willing to make amends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and there's, I mean, I'm just thinking through my own practice with contemplative prayer. Uh, Sometimes it'll be, I don't want to make that amend, God. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) And then just kind of listen, and we talk about that a little. And, you know, I plead my case as to why that would be a bad thing. Yes. You know, but there is, I mean, the, the more I'm talking about this with you today, the more I think this really is an adventure. Because it just goes deeper and deeper. It doesn't really get boring in a sense. Really. In fact, my favorite illustration of this kind of thing in Scripture is this wonderful deal in First Chronicles 14, I think, where, you know, all of Chronicles and Kings, the Philistines are encamped about, what are we going to do? Well, duh, <laughs> you know, we're going to go up against the Philistines, I guess. And there's this, we're in our umpteenth time of that. And instead of just assuming he's supposed to go up against the Philistines, David asks God and he inquires through the prophet, you know, what do we do? Um, And he had such an inquiring heart. And God's answer was so cool because it was, well, yes, go up against them. But he said, go around. And he talked about going around a certain way. And then he said, when you hear the marching, in the tops of the balsam trees. Mm-hmm. We'll know that that is God is marching and it's time for you to move out. And you think about the experience that was for those 
Israelite people who Mm. heard marching in the tops of trees. Look at how their faith was just, it, it just had to mushroom as a result of that. And so I often think about that God is going, yes, you've got a good idea, but let me give you an, uh, you know, let me give you a little uh, <laughs> cool thing to do with that. Here's something that will work much better. And I'm going, okay. Because <laughs> um, they would never have thought of that. But God right. has a better idea. And whatever it is will increase the faith of everybody involved. <laughs> What's interesting is you're kind of bringing an Old Testament reference. God speaking to his people, this is nothing new. Really? It's all in there. Yeah. And, and we think he's always scolding us. Well, gosh, Elijah, like in his worst moment, suicidal. Mm. The angel comes with baked bread and water. <laughs> Tells him to take a nice nap. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> what well, is there something dangerous about contemplative prayer and a listening posture? Well, I think if you're worried about what you think you're hearing, it really is good to talk to someone mm-hmm. wiser, you know, someone who's been doing this a while, and just ask them what they think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had this thing I wanted to put in one of my books, and it was really, okay, as I look back now, I didn't think so then, but as I look back now, it was like a mini rant, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, and I called someone older and wiser than me and said, I just was thinking about this, and I'm wondering if I should put it in the book. And I remember he laughed, and he goes, I don't think that's, he said, I agree with you, first of all. Okay. You're right. And he said, but. I don't think that's God's stuff. I think that's Jan's stuff. Sure. And I was, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I recognized God's stuff. Mm-hmm. That wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Well, there is that, there's a humility of saying, I'm going to, one, I'm going to kind of check in with scripture and how does this line up? But then I'm going to um, go to a person or two or three and just kind of listen and be teachable. And and trust that if you're hearing from God and I'm hearing from God, we'll we'll find some alignment. Right. Well, and you know what? That's a really good word, alignment. Because hmm. Agnes Sanford, when she talked about healing, she said, go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also follow God, what you think God is saying to you. <laughs> and you will find an alignment. That's a good word. Hmm. Cool. <laughs> Hey, you're um, going to be teaching a class, online class related to this topic. Can you tell us about that? Yes. In fact, they titled it Finding Rest and Direction in Contemplative Prayer. It's sponsored by um, the website contemplativejournal.com. Okay. And they um, just asked me to do a class it's it's kind of an eclectic website where they draw from several different world religions, but they want a voice for Christians mm-hmm. more. And I decided that I wanted to be in that kind of marketplace, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be salt and light in that kind of place. So the course is distinctively Christian, mm-hmm. but it's it 
it's also built in to um, be welcoming of people to help them kind of get on board. Sure. I guess it's kind of an on-ramp also for people. But then if you're a person, if you're a practicing Christian, you'll, you're already on the on-ramp. Mm-hmm. And you'll just mm-hmm. be there. And, and, um, and I think it'll be a huge blessing to you. One thing I like about it is that it's like the book and that it's half exercises. Right. It isn't just me talking. <laughs> there's a little bit of that, but then there's an exercise. So each week, there's two little talks and two exercises, and it isn't real time consuming. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and it's only four weeks, so it's it's shorter than the other course that I did myself, meeting God in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's shorter, and um, it begins August seventh, and I'm really excited about it. Very nice, and that's uh, people can find out more contemplativejournal.com. Yes. Very good. Jan, are you writing anything these days? Oh, my. I'm sort of exhaling from from several different books. I have an idea, but i got to think about it a little bit and see if that's really a good idea. And in the meantime, I'm, I've got some ideas for my website, some things I want to do. I want to set up a whole section called the practice room that just has all these practices that people can – steal (laughs) or or use with with groups and stuff so i Mm -hmm. think that'll be that'll be fun too and it'll just be given away Mm -hmm. good the way you answer that question really to me is reflective of contemplative prayer process yes jan are you writing a a new book well there's some ideas i'm kicking around i mean you're cooking it right right i don't feel the need to always be writing a book Mm mm-hmm if there's one that is for me to write, I feel like God will help me with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. Well, it's always great to talk with you, Jan. And you, my dear. Well, there you have it. Again, Jan's book is titled, When the Soul Listens, Finding Rest and Direction in Contemplative Prayer. And for more information on her upcoming online class, you can find that at contemplativejournal.com. Hey, last week I mentioned the writer's retreat in Oregon, and this is something I'm doing with my dad and a handful of very talented authors. It's a small event, and we just posted the info last week, and I believe there's only 20 spots left. We're holding this at Camp Tillicum. It's a beautiful place where some 40 years ago, a young Richard scribbled away on a yellow pad of paper in what would become the book Celebration of Discipline. They're building a writer's cabin there in his honor, and we thought it'd be fun to put together a retreat to celebrate that. You can find information on the writer's retreat on the Renovari website under events. Hey, thanks for listening, and have a great week.